Hello and welcome to yet another episode in the Oz Movie Geek podcast. I'm your host, Pato. Today I'll be doing a review of Jared Butler's latest action film, Greenland, the post-apocalyptic type disaster movie that I wasn't expecting to review. And I'll be completely honest, guys, this looked pretty bad from that initial trailer. But after watching it, I ended up having a lot of fun with it and did want to discuss, I guess, the overall aspect of the film that I did enjoy because, like I said, it wasn't really something I was looking forward to. Gerard Butler as an actor doesn't overly impress me. I find him to be serviceable in most films. He does have this presence when he is chosen for the right role where he does command a lot of the scenes, but I guess for the most part, a lot of his films have been quite generic. Now, his last attempt at a big-budget um, action uh, post-apocalyptic type disaster movie was Geostorm back in 2017. And the film I enjoyed for all the wrong reasons. It was absolutely terrible. And it was more along the lines of what we would come to expect from a Roland Emmerich uh, film, which is pretty funny because it was a Dean Devlin film who worked with Roland em Emmerich with a lot of his films in the 90s and 2000s uh, as a producer. And uh, I believe... Um, their collaborations were more along the lines of what I expected this film to be. But this film ended up being a lot more than what I was expecting. And that's why I wanted to, to like delve into it and discuss it. I don't think that it's anything to ride home about. It's definitely not a fantastic film, but it was one that I did quite enjoy. And I thought, why not use my podcast to sort of let people know about it? There's already a sequel greenlit, which you wouldn't know about because it was hard to judge if this film was a success or not but I looked at its box office numbers and it made like nearly 60 million dollars worldwide during the pandemic and that was without a cinematic release in America so I would love to see what this film actually did um, as far as like its entire gross including like you know on-demand sales and that sort of thing the film um, would have uh, wouldn't have cost too much I would imagine that it would have been along the lines of like a um I guess, a, a mid-budget type of film because it, it doesn't have, you know, these grandiose type of special effects. It, it is quite um, quite tame in that department, but it did definitely leave a bit of an impact on me. And I think it's, judging by what Google's telling me, its budget was around $35 million US. So, yeah, it has made itself a little profit. Um, and I guess because it did come out during COVID, it didn't have to worry too heavily about marketing. So I don't think the film would have spent a great deal in that department. So naturally, the film has received a green light for a sequel. And I guess I'll get into a bit of spoiler details in regards to the film's ending. But yeah, that, that ending um, does leave itself open for a sequel. So yeah, I, I'm keen to see where it goes. And I, I'm excited to talk about this one. So without further ado, guys, let's just get stuck into this review. So take it away, trailer. Clark, this uh, know, interstellar comet. Right? I, mean, <laughs> yeah, big news. I don't see Clark. Oh, maybe he's still sleeping. Dad. <laughs> Some of Clark's larger fragments are now expected to enter our atmosphere. That's right. And now that you're just what are they saying? It's more of the same. Whoa! Where are they going? I don't know. Only first chunks is about to hit. Only part of it. It's going in the ocean. Two. But you look at that. One. Wait, what is the explosion? Ah! 
getting word that the fragment has hit Central Florida. Oh my God. Wait, are some more pieces gonna hit? Come on, let's go. But the sky's on fire. Two days. They got it all wrong. There's a ton of fragments. Planet killers. Space agencies are predicting an extinction-level event. We're gonna be together, all right, kiddo? We're just trying to get to safety. They've been tracking the military flights to bunkers in Greenland. It's their only chance. Fragment will hit in less than 24 hours. I swear, I'm gonna get my family into that bunker. I know you will, son. If you are hearing this broadcast, seek shelter immediately. What is it? What's going on? If you are hearing this broadcast, seek shelter immediately. Hang on, Shelter immediately. Seek shelter immediately. So Greenland was directed by Rick Roman War, who did previously helm Angel Has Fallen, which was the third entry in the Olympus franchise. So he's already worked with Gerard Butler. The film, of course, stars Gerard Butler, along with uh, Marina uh, Bakarin, who previously starred in the Deadpool films, uh, Roger Dale Floyd, Scott Glenn, um, and a very brief appearance at the end of the film by one Holt um, McKenley, who previously has uh, featured in Mindhunter, which is one of my favorite shows. Um, and the film follows a family who struggle for survival in the face of a cataclysmic natural disaster in the form of a comet named Clark, which is heading towards Earth, and it's looking like it's going to yeah, cause destruction the destruction of earth it looks pretty bad for this um for this reality in this film um and like i said that trailer really did nothing for me it looked like the typical um disaster film uh, similar to what we received with geostorm and i guess i had my reservations because we had already seen a gerard butler disaster film um and i was worried for that roland emmerich type destruction which we've seen before and now look Roland Emmerich's films have their place. I'm not arguing that. I know a lot of people love the Independence Day films. Um, there's apologists for, um, you know, films like, um, I don't know, Godzilla in the 1990s Godzilla, if you're a fan of that type of thing. And I like 2012. I, I know it's dumb, it's very long, and it's bloated, but it is an enjoyable disaster film. So I appreciate that people like Roland Emmerich's films, and I was expecting Greenland to be like that. But I was pleased to find out that it's not. Uh, this film is very different to your, your typical disaster film. It has that emphasis on character and family, which I wasn't expecting. We are on the ground level there with Gerard Butler and his wife um, and, and their, uh, their son. Now, they have a, a bit of an estranged marriage going on. They're going through a separation. They're looking to work things out, but they're struggling a little. And nothing brings family together like the destruction of planet Earth. So... They're sort of got to team up together and get through that. Now, it seems pretty generic and it seems like we have seen this before, but I have seen nothing really like this in the sense that 
we are sort of on the ground level with these characters. We're not seeing destruction on a global scale like we would in a Roland Emmerich film. Now, you could make the argument that we do focus on groups of characters in those films, but we follow quite a few people in a lot of Roland Emmerich's films. We follow, you know, for instance, in 2012, we have John Cusack, then we're following Woody Harrelson, then we're going back to the government stuff with Chidiucho Ejiofor, and we're just following these characters, and there's so much going on where Greenland seems to be focused solely on this one family. Now, our group of characters do become separated. So Gerard Butler, um, in an attempt to go and get uh, his son's diabetes medication, uh, does become separated from his wife and his son, who are rejected um, access to enter this uh, flight. So essentially, the government has administered uh, passes for people to um, seek refuge in Greenland. There's these cargo planes that are leaving from America going to Greenland, um, and only certain people have gained access to this. So as you can imagine, there's hysteria going on outside the gates of these military bases, uh, but Gerard Butler and his family have been granted access. However, they were unaware that um, that his son actually has diabetes and they're not allowing people with uh, chronic illnesses and, um, and I guess, uh, afflictions like diabetes um, and they're not allowing them to actually board these planes to seek refuge in um, Greenland. So what happens is, yeah, uh, essentially Jared Butler goes back to the car to get the medication. He comes back and his wife isn't anywhere to be found. He finds out that they potentially did not board the planes due to his son's illness. Um, and what happens is um, his wife leaves a note in his car saying, we'll meet you at my dad's house, played by Scott Glenn. And Jared Butler is essentially trying to meet back up with his wife and his son, um, and we're just following the two families as they tr- or the two groups of characters, Jared Butler and his wife, um, as they try and get to um, their father-in-law's house. Um, and that that's generally the premise. It's quite simple, but it's just seeing that hysteria on that ground level. I've made mention to it a few times in my last couple of podcasts, and that is um, Dawn of the Dead. Now, in Dawn of the Dead, Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead, we see that hysteria of what would happen if a zombie outbreak was to occur. Now, we're seeing that in this film as well, but we're seeing it on the scale that global destruction is about to happen as this comet plummets towards Earth. So it's quite dour and quite depressing, but we're seeing hysteria from a ground level from the perspective of these characters, which I did appreciate because we haven't seen something like that before. Like I said, um, the Roland Emmerich type films are focused more on the destruction, which is completely fine because they have much much larger budgets and they're dealing with a lot more of that global destruction where Greenland is more focused on character. So when we do see the destruction, it's more at the level of the characters. Now, that is betrayed a little at the end as we see, you know, the torture or I was going to say torture porn, but I guess this is destruction porn shots of um, the rest of the world. So Australia makes a brief appearance as we see the destruction of the Opera House um, as well as Circular Quay. And we go through these major world um, um, icons of the of the natural world and of um, the industrial world as well, I guess. Um, and we just see the destruction of these major cities. And it's quite um, haunting, but it, it's a bit of a betrayal to the rest of the film, which is solely focused on these characters. Now, the actual hysteria itself is really interesting because it's told from a perspective where, like I said, it's quite grounded. But a lot of these sequences are also quite isolated. We're following like Gerard Butler as he boards a, like a truck and they're heading towards Canada where he's been told that uh, this group of people are going to fly from Canada to Greenland um, to where they've tracked these military planes to. 
Um, and when he boards this truck, he meets a friend, um, which was played by, I don't know if you remember, the Vines actor um, who has appeared in the uh, Babysitter films as well. I'm going to have to find his name because it always escapes me. But um, he was in uh, this film, which was a bit of a surprise because it's a bit of a departure to what we've normally seen him in. Um, but essentially, yeah, we we follow these um, this group of characters and uh, uh, as they learn that Jared Butler actually has one of these armbands to get onto one of these planes, they all jump in pretty much, which causes a car accident and results in Jared Butler actually killing a man, which is completely out of his character. And it's the only real action set piece of the entire film. So I found that to be quite interesting as well, just seeing how people react when they find out a bit of information about other people. It's like really, really interesting and felt very realistic in that sense. It reminded me as well as uh, there's a sequence where um, Jared Butler's wife is trying to get some more diabetes medication and they go inside of a pharmacy. The pharmacy is being held up. That reminded me a lot of the movie Contagion um, and that whole sequence was quite nail-biting and I was like, okay, this is quite tense and this is different to what I was expecting and I'm enjoying seeing this ground-level aspect because this is more realistic to what I would imagine would happen if this type of global destruction was about to happen um, and just seeing how people react. It just goes back down to that basic human nature um, and how we all really result to being like pack animals and it's quite brutal um in its execution and i found it to be really effective that actor by the way is andrew bachelor he used to do the vines too if you remember but um that's a bit of a, a bit of a side note um but yeah essentially this film like i said it did really take me by surprise i just wasn't expecting it to be as thorough as what it was now it was written by chris spalling um who spalling sorry who I previously had um written buried and i don't know if you've seen buried or not if you're listening um Buried is, of course, the Ryan Reynolds movie where essentially it spends the whole movie inside of a coffin. Um, but that movie was really effective as well as building tension. Um, and Sparling's able to do that here as well. And I think Rick Roman Raw, um, War has become a filmmaker who does sort of... He is able to use his budget really well. Like, he hasn't worked on huge um, productions. I mean, Angel Has Fallen is probably the biggest production he's worked on, and that's the conclusion of a trilogy. But... He does work really well with Gerard Butler. And like I said, given the right project, Butler is really effective. And I found him really good in those Fallen movies. Um, as generic as the stories are, um, Olympus Has Fallen in particular was a thoroughly entertaining film. And I thought Angel Has Fallen was quite good too. Uh, London Has Fallen isn't fantastic. But uh, that aside, Gerard Butler, if he's chosen the right project and he's working to his strengths, he is quite good. Here he's able to do his natural Scottish accent too, which I think adds because when he tries to do, you know, a bit of a um, accent like an American accent or something, it does fail a little and it doesn't feel very natural to him. So I found that to be really effective here because he's not having to do any of that and he can focus on just being the everyman, which is what he's good at. I guess you could compare him to like a modern day Bruce Willis in that sense. And I think he is a very reliable actor in that sense too. I don't think we're ever going to get anything spectacular from Gerard Butler, but at the same time, I don't expect that. And I don't think audiences should really expect that either because he plays to his strengths, and I think that's what he's good at. Like, he was miscast there for a while in these romantic comedies, and I found him to be quite terrible in, like The Bounty Hunter with Jennifer Aniston. Fucking awful. And he was in another film as well, The Ugly Truth with Katherine Heigl, and that film is garbage. Um, but I think if he's playing to his strengths there as, a, as an action actor like... A lot of people love Laura Abiding Citizen. Not a huge fan of that film, but I appreciate 
Gerard Butler in that movie um, and, and other movies like Gamer even and, and things like that. If he's, if he's playing to his strengths as an action star, it can be really entertaining. And I think that's what's done here in Greenland. And he's really not flexing much, but he's able to really just do his job. He's playing a, a father during the apocalypse and that's exactly what we get from him. And I, I found it to be really effective in that that regard. And like I said, he's not really meant to do much here. He's just got to get from point A to point B and look a little stressed along the way. And I think he does a really good job at it. Um, his son as well, a big hats off um, to Roger Dale Floyd, who plays Nathan. Um, I found him to be really, really good in this movie. There's a sequence where... Um, essentially his um, mum and him um, board a, a, a car, get on board with this uh, couple in a car ride. Um, they're trying to meet the Gerard Butler, of course. Um, and essentially uh, upon learning that they again have their wristbands, um, they use the opportunity to try and get into these army bases with the son um, and um, pass him off as their own kid. So he tosses the mum out, out on the side of the road and they're trying to get into this army base. And there's just a sequence where he's just bawling his eyes out because he's obviously distressed. His mum's not there. He's worried that he's, these strange people have kidnapped him and they've told him, they're like, please don't say anything. Just go along with it and we'll get you back to your mum. So he's sort of playing along with it and he just breaks down and he's just wailing and he just finally unleashes like, they're not my parents. Um and it was just like, I was really on board there. I was like, far out. This kid is giving a pretty decent performance for a young actor. And I was like, he looks like he's in distress. This poor kid looks like he's missing his parents um, and he's quite scared. And that's what I got from it. And I thought it was effective. And I was like, far out. And when he when he finally releases that where he's like, they're not my parents, he's like crying so much. And I thought, far out, that's that's how I would feel. So I was, I was pretty impressed for that young kid to do the job that he did. Um, it's always fun to see Scott Glenn turn up as well. Um, I recently just finished watching The Leftovers, as you all know, um, and Scott Glenn, of course, plays um, plays um, Kevin Garvey Jr. in that, and he's just always so good. I, I always appreciate seeing Scott Glenn on screen, and he's quite entertaining here, even though it's a very brief performance, um, but I really did enjoy him. Um, and essentially the film ends up with them arriving in Greenland and you just see the destruction. Now, the next film from what I can gather on IMDb is going to be called, I think it's just called, um, it's not Greenland 2 because that's too easy. It's called Greenland Migration, which I'd imagine will focus now on the um, the rebuilding of society because I don't think that there's any repercussions afterwards of like the threat of another uh, comet hitting Earth. I, I mean, there's the repercussions of the destruction of Earth, but there's no threat of more comets uh, coming towards Earth at this stage. So I think the idea, and I guess because it's called migration, it would be Gerard Butler and his family moving into this new area. Um, and I like that idea, especially you could focus on, you know, like you could turn it into like a post-apocalyptic world now, and this could be a very interesting. I don't know financially if it's going to be a hit because I find it very strange that they're even doing a sequel. Um, but I guess if it's a hit, then of course Hollywood are going to look for that. And STX Films, who made this movie, are also looking for a hit. This studio has been around for a few years now, and they've struggled to really find a, a, a good film to latch onto to maybe establish a franchise. And I, I can imagine it would be really hard um, to compete with companies like Disney and Warner Brothers and you know Paramount. These studios have been so ingrained. Um, in I guess popular culture for so many years now and this studio is only you know 10 years old and it would be really hard for them to really establish themselves and 
I can understand them trying to explore, hey, this film's been moderately successful. Let's try and create a franchise. I mean, Lionsgate have been doing it for years, trying to find a, a franchise to latch themselves onto. Um, and when you're competing with those big studios like Universal as well, like it's really hard um, for these studios to really, you know, connect with mainstream audiences. So I don't blame them. Um, if Greenland was a financial hit for them, then why not? I know it was a critical success. I think the film at the moment is currently sitting in the 70 percentile, which is really impressive. Um, and yeah, I don't blame them for trying to actually look for a, a hit. And if this film was a hit, then let's build a franchise and I'm all on board. Yeah, it's certified fresh at 78%, which is super impressive. So yeah, guys, I really did enjoy this film and that's why I wanted to talk about it because I don't think a lot of in it. And I think if you saw that original trailer, you would have been probably thinking the same thing as I was. Uh, this does not look good. Um, but I can guarantee you that you will be entertained. Um, I don't know if it will be for everyone, but hey, if you're looking for something a little different, then yeah, definitely check this one out. It's not your typical um, disaster action film, especially seeing Gerard Butler in a disaster film. It's not what I was expecting. And I think that's a huge, huge positive. So definitely check this one out, guys. I'm going to give it a seven out of 10. Um, but yeah, that brings this episode to a close, guys. So thank you all for listening. Make sure you check out my other reviews. I've been trying to pump out as many as I can lately and trying to keep on top of the new releases too, because I know there's so many at the moment. And you're probably all wondering my latest thoughts. And I'm trying to get to as many as I can. Um, but with work commitments and review commitments I have at the moment, it has been a little difficult. So I'll keep trying, guys. And I'm going to try and see as many major releases as I possibly can. Um, but yeah, make sure you like the podcast as well. Rate the podcast. Subscribe to the podcast. Share the podcast. Do everything with the podcast that you can. It's always appreciated. Make sure you follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I do post like updates to my um, Blu-ray collection and I guess what I've been watching and that sort of thing too, as well as what my plans are. If I'm going to go and see a movie, you can find out on my socials. So make sure you follow them. And thank you again, guys, for listening. I really do appreciate your ongoing support. And until next time, peace out.